Hello and welcome to episode 69 of Constructed Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Brant Fowler and Chris Budo. Chris and Brian and Chris are currently running a Kickstarter for Celestial Falcon. Um, Brant, thanks so much for being on. Why don't you uh, start us off with a short bio about yourself and a little bit about the comic? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having us, first of all, Matt. Uh, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, my name is Brant Fowler, and I've been uh, working in and around comics for a little over a decade and a half. I'm mostly known as a letterer. And uh, a few years ago, we started up Last Number Press, my fiance and I, and we brought in Chris. And we've been publishing uh, comics of our own since then. I've worked for uh, comic news websites. I've worked for comic distributors. Uh, I've kind of had my hand in a lot of uh, different areas of comics. So that's that's kind of uh, the short of who I am in, in the world of comics, at least. So. Okay. And uh, Chris, how about a little bit about yourself? I'm Chris DeBoudwell. I've been uh, a YouTuber for a little over 11 years now. Um, most of my life, I've been a reader of comics. I've been a writer since, shoot, since I, since I could write. And uh, I've written a lot of stories that have ranged from comic books to sci-fi to um, horror, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my introduction to the comic world was actually through Brand as far as writing comics. And uh, I approached Brand and Lisa with one of my ideas, which was Celestial Falcon. And uh, Brant and I just decided to co-write it together. I had written it years ago. We're modernizing it now and making it into the amazing story that it is today. And um, currently, I have a lot of writing projects I'm working on. I still work on YouTube. I do a lot of uh, creator-owned uh, skit con- content on YouTube. And uh, yeah, that's basically what I'm up to right about now. And I also have, I work on my, I made my own website where I'm doing a lot of writing on there as well. Nice. Um, so uh, since you started off with the story of Celestial Falcon, why don't you, uh, why don't you give us the, the rundown there? Okay, Celestial Falcon is a story that's based on Chris, a boy who grows up in New York, and he believes that in life, there's something more to life. I mean, we all do. I mean, we are, we're in school, and you, know, you go to school all the time, and you're like, you know, you come home from school, a hard day of school or whatever, and you're like, you know, I feel there's got to be more to this. There's, I've got to be destined for something huge in life. There has to be something big for me planned. Well, Chris, it's dialed to a thousand. All his life, he felt like there's been something, a piece of his life missing, something that just isn't right, that there's something inside of him special. Is there something special is what he goes around with as he grows up. And as you see in this first issue, um, that's something he's, he, he's looking for what that something special is. But that's something special finds him first. And um, it's not something I think he's prepared for. As readers, it's something that we won't expect. There are a lot of twists and turns to this special thing. And it involves his inner circle of friends. And um, it just it blows up into an amazing uh, action-packed journey and adventure. And so, how does the uh, the co-writing process or the co-writing process work with you two guys? Uh, Brent, you want to start with that one? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting because um, when we first started, when we did the first issue, we neither one of us had worked with a co-writer before, so it was kind of uh, you know finding new ground and trying to figure out how this works and you know who does what and all all those kind of things that you, that you deal with when you're working with a co-writer. And and the first issue was a little problematic for us as far as trying to gel at first, like maybe the first third of the issue, we're just kind of stumbling over each other a little bit until we found a groove. And uh, 
as we're scripting the second issue, we, we really settled into a way that works for us. Um, I, I think in the first issue, we were trying to write together like uh, we were sharing a Google Drive and we were seeing each other update and it just, we were talking over each other and all that kind of stuff. So it was a little stumbling at first, but uh, we settled into a groove where uh, one of us would write a few pages and the other one would look over it. And then we kind of compare notes, uh, change it up a little bit and then, you know, do that whole cycle throughout it. And that's kind of what worked for us. And we were able to bounce off each other better that way and get our ideas out there. But uh, even in the first issue though, I, I think it was uh, interesting because I came in with a different perspective than Chris who, created this the story and uh, I had some ideas and some ways to change it and modernize it a little bit and uh, he was very accepting of, of those changes and everything so we got to incorporate both of our voices into the project uh, which is kind of a hard thing to do but it it's kind of a cool thing to watch happen to see two different creative voices on the same page now, and when you say modernize it, are you talking about like uh, like the story content or sort of like the, the way like stories are told? Like, you know, a, a little bit of everything. Um, when I wrote the story, it was 2011 when I first started writing it. And um, also, um, I don't I didn't write it in comic book uh, format. I have, as Brant likes to put it, a hoshpotch of different ways with the way I write my <laughs> stories. It's a mix between screenplay and my own kind of spin on writing, I guess. It's, I grew up, the first book that inspired me, my writing style was 12 Angry Men, the screenplay format okay. of the book. And um, I took that with me and I decided to make my own version of that writing style. And what Brandt and I are doing when we say we modernize it is we're taking that script. First of all, we're updating it to 2000 and, well, when we wrote this book, it was 2016. So we were updating it to modern time, to a current day and age, because there were certain references and stuff back in 2011 that were made. And then modernizing it, we also changed it into comic book uh, scripting. Um, Sammy is a character that actually uh, Brant and Lisa introduced to the friend circle, which I think brought a whole new level to the supporting cast. And then we've all, we also worked on the characters as well uh, and updated them a little bit with their background, with their personalities with a lot of the a lot of the, the characters I wrote back then were based off of friends that uh, I knew nowadays you know as life moves on unfortunately people move and go in their separate directions so we gave these characters more of their own voice now instead of me writing them as um, the friends I knew they're now mm -hmm. their own characters but I still have a couple of characters that are based on people that I know and uh, and Chris is a character whose personality and um, and his values and stuff I embodied myself so that's why Chris's personality kind of stayed the same very cool and uh, how did you uh, find the the art team for for this book uh, my fiance actually um, found Lucas via deviant art I believe it was mm -hmm. uh, she she's always scouring the internet for, for new artists to work with um, she's she's a big art fan so she's always got her finger on the pulse in that world and uh, when she, when she saw Lucas's art, she was like, "This guy's really good. You should check him out." And uh, I saw him. I fell in love with his art, and I showed him to Chris. And Chris was like, "Yeah, that's really good." So we we uh, contacted him through DeviantArt. He was uh, more than uh, more than excited to work with us, and he's been he's been a treasure to to work with on this project. And we've we've actually gotten um, 
to talk to him about working on some other projects as well. And uh, Lisa was already involved. She did the coloring and the inking on the story. So uh, that was kind of, Lucas was the missing part, the, the one thing that we still needed to fill out. And uh, thankfully, you know, when we brought him in, he just got the, the concept and the characters right away. And so uh, working that, uh, working with your fiance, are you guys sort of uh, in the same room at the same time? Or is she, uh, you know, taking the, the artwork and working on it and then, and then showing you like, uh, like finished products? Yeah, we're, we're definitely in separate rooms. We tried to share an office. <laughs> it didn't go so well. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not that there were any problems. It's just we, we distracted each other a lot. And uh, it, was, um, it, it became problematic. So it, fortunately, our, we, we work at different times of the day. I'm, I'm very much a night owl. I'm like up all night, all hours of the night. So it's, uh, she would work during the day and then like send me the stuff and I would look at it and, at night and that kind of thing. So, uh, but yeah, we, we're both, we both work better when we're just kind of isolated so like when I'm writing or lettering or something, I kind of shut myself off and she does the same thing when she's inking or coloring. And as the letterer, are you, um, you know, sort of you're that like last line of, you know, the production almost when, uh, when things are, things are going, are there any changes you're making at that point? And if you do have a change, are you, um, you are you going to, you going to Chris at that point saying, Hey, Chris, you know, I'm, I'm here in this lettering phase reading this. I think maybe, you know, this change might work. Are you guys still working together at, at, at that stage of uh, production? Yeah, absolutely. There are little tweaks that I make. Like if, if uh, Lucas didn't leave, leave quite enough room or something like that, or something else seems like it's going to work better dialogue wise, I'll, I'll go ahead and letter it in. Then I'll send it to Chris and say, Hey, I made this little change. What do you think about this? And we'll tweak it if need be. Uh, but it's, yeah, we're all very involved throughout the entire process. That's pretty interesting. I, I've lately I've talked to a uh, to a few writers who are also acting as the letterer, and I'm finding a lot of people that are in that situation are are using that that point in the creation of the pot uh, of the comic to to do sort of last minute revisions or sort of you know make sure that that voice of that character sounds uh, sounds right. So it sounds like that's the case here as well. Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly it, and it's it's uh, definitely a positive thing that you can be in that process that you can actually do that editing on the fly and those revisions like you're talking about. Um, it's it's something that not everybody's able to do if they're not both writing and lettering. So it's uh, it's been very helpful for us. And Brant's had Brant's had many really uh, good ideas, especially with my script, uh, especially in the lettering phase. There were a few changes that were being made. And um, I couldn't be happier with the way this, the scripting's gone, with the way the dialogue's gone, with how Brent ha- has helped with the wording and stuff. So I think it's just amazing having a co-writer who's also a letterer. Yeah, and it's, it's also interesting, uh, just to go back to that point that, that Chris brought up, we both have different strengths as writers, like all writers have strengths and weaknesses and everything. And, and I think that's the thing that, that really um, shines with us is that I'm stronger with dialogue and Chris is uh, a little bit stronger with um, kind of the concept. Mm-hmm. So when we mesh those two, it really fleshes it out and, and fills out the story and the characters more. Cool. And Chris, as the, the sort of the, the creator of the concept, what are, what are some of the, the, the influences or stories that uh, you, know, you might have had in the back of your mind when you, were, when you were coming up with this story? When I created Celestial Falcon, I had created a superhero previous. Um, that superhero was kind of more of a, 
it was the feel of it was very different. And then, uh, and I tell the story a couple of times because people are interested. I mentioned that it was uh, Celestial Falcon was created in uh, on to, in 2011, and uh, it was around the time I live in New York. It was around the time 9/11 happened, and um, so much there was so so much going on in the world at that point, and there was so much sadness. And um, I had been reading comics for um, I would say at least six or seven years already. My um, favorite character was always Superman. I grew up on uh, Superman in the 90s. I went back and read Superman in the 80s and uh, early 2000s. And then um, a lot of the influence, a lot of the, um, the values that he had, I, I, um, I took for myself personal also in reality, like outside of writing. And I wanted to embody a character that stood for what, values that were needed in the world. We needed hope. That was one of the things that, and I remember hearing it on the TV a lot during that time. And I was like, I, I want to create something that represents hope. That's the most important thing. Truth and justice are important, but hope is the most important thing. So I sat down, uh, I had a group of friends at the time and they were writing, uh, we were very into anime and they were writing a lot of anime stories. And I'm like, those are cool, but I'm, I'm a superhero guy. I've, mm -hmm. I've grown up with superheroes all my life. So um, my new story, I wanted it to be a superhero story. So um, I decided on the theme of my life with a twist. So the influences came from the comics I read, the characters that I knew I would look up to if they were a part of my, like as they were a part of my world growing up, the values and stuff I've read from those books. And uh, also my own life. I, I grew up in a home where my mother and grandmother raised me most of the time. So my hugest influences were my mother and grandmother also, my real influences. Uh, my dad was always out at work or, you know, when he was home, he was always away doing something. So um, it was a mix of a lot of things, my life, my family, uh, and um, just the heroes that I had read about. And it's just like they all come together when uh, Celestial Falcon, when I was writing that. And I feel that as we move forward in the story, you'll see um, – in the story, uh, Chris is raised by his mother and grandmother as well. Um, and you're going to see how their influence on him is what makes him the man that we will see as we, as readers, move forward with him as he grows up. Because he's starting off as a teenager. Okay. And so, like, what are the... Uh, what what are the, the future plans for this series? Do you, do you know, like, your, your end point, how many issues you're hoping for? Um, the story's unending. Uh, it's a ongoing... Uh, I uh, am at 30... I think I'm up to my 30th arc. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> outside of the book. We're only on the first arc. And um, there's no end inside. I, I was showing Brent, I have, like, this little black book that I, I created... Uh, when I was in college, I wrote like a ton of uh, different stories, ideas, outlines. So um, the way the story is going to go is we're going to start off with him as a teenager and then he's going to grow up. He's going to go to college and then he's going to become an adult. And then when he becomes the adult, that's where the stories are just going to continue flying from there on. Uh, but right. Oh, uh, I was, I was going to interject with uh, from a publishing standpoint, um, we're, separating it into arcs, even though it's an ongoing story, mm -hmm. we're going to, we're going to focus on the arc. So oh, like yeah. five, five, six issue chunks, and then take a little break, kind of like the image model with a lot of their mm -hmm. books currently. Uh, and that's kind of the tack that we're taking. And, and hopefully, you know, we have the opportunity to see this through, through all those various arcs. And, and the interesting thing is updating it 
Um, because again, Chris wrote this a while back. And so every time we have to go in and like, okay, this works, that doesn't work. You know, this needs to be updated, that kind of, you know, and just moving things around and trying to fit it into uh, the comic uh, script format and, and that world and, and a different storytelling structure. Uh, but yeah, Chris has got a lot of plans. We've talked about, uh, talked about them extensively and uh, it, it's going to be a fun ride. But like Brand said, we're definitely doing it one arc at a time. So right now, our main focus is arc one, finishing it, and then working on arc two. And when it's done, moving forward with arc two. So we're just going arc by arc right now. So with having it that far planned out, um, how much are you able to sort of uh, seed in little ideas that, uh, you know, we might be in that uh, first arc, we might have a complete, you know, story that's, you know, uh contained in that arc but are you are you seeding little elements of stuff that we'll see in the in the future it's it's funny you say that because brant and i i told him about a story down the line and um it's brant actually came up with a really cool idea for each arc to kind of tease going towards it but i think we'll always have something um in each arc that will show that there's more to come and each arc um, is definitely going to impact the next. It's not like one arc and then the next arc we're not going to acknowledge what's happened. It's mm -hmm. all one flow of a universe. Every arc impacts the next arc. Yeah, to Chris's point, there's like this uh, underlying or overarching plot that's going on in the background that you see little, little things pop up here and there throughout this arc. There is, um, when I was writing it, and uh, again, this is, old script uh, hope uh, it might translate in the new one uh, again that's the beauty of modernizing this story mm -hmm. is that i can't 100 percent guarantee it but there is a lead up that we're getting to uh from the high school years going towards the college years and underlining in each episode you might see a small build up to that end game of when high school graduation happens where mm -hmm oh, wow, I remember this from arc one and we're all the way over here. Wow, it's amazing. Now I understand where all the pieces finally fall into right. place kind of deal. Because there is a war between good and evil going on. Yeah, so I know you said that like uh, Superman was a big influence on you, but having you describe this, it sounds like uh, like another sort of parallel you could draw, sort of like the the, the Peter Parker sort of yeah. you know arc of you know being a young boy and now he's perpetually that sort of like mid-30s year old guy but like it seems like there's a little bit of that as well it, it's oh. funny uh go ahead chris no no go ahead, you, you, uh, go it's, ahead. it's funny you mentioned spider-man because chris mentioned how he's a huge superman fan i'm actually a huge spider-man fan <laughs> and so it's i i thought the same thing when i was like reading back what we wrote that there are those influences and that's that's kind of the the character that i'm drawn to Mm -hmm. uh, personally is those uh, very relatable uh, younger characters that have this responsibility thrust upon them. And, and I can totally see those parallels as well. And uh, it, so, yeah, it, it's definitely a hybrid of these influences that both of us have, which is again, really cool to see uh, come across on the page. Nice. Um, so are there any like plans to um, like, once you get a, like a, an arc, um, completed to like uh, do it as a as a trade for anybody who uh, you know comes into the story at that point to, to get collected editions uh, and stuff. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. The trade is definitely part of our our business model. Mm -hmm. Definitely, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
so I know, Chris, earlier you said that you, you looked at a, uh, uh, a screenplay book and that was an influence on you. Uh, 12 Angry Men. Yeah. And I know like a lot of times in like screenplays, it's like, you know, one page is supposed to equal like one, one minute of, of screen time. So mm-hmm. like, what did you take from that when you tried to, um, you know, look at a page like, and were you like saying like, I need to accomplish this one thing on this one page. And then I have like a certain number of beats to, uh, to get it done. The way, the way I wrote, uh, when I was younger was, um, honestly, I wrote because my grandmother loved to read my writing also. Mm-hmm. So, um, the first arc was done out of everything I mentioned, you know, I wanted to create something that embodied hope. And then my grandmother was my spell check because <laughs> back then you didn't have a spell check. So I gave her this story and each page, um, the way I wrote it was, it's going to sound silly. And I apologize if it does in my mind, I wanted the file to be a certain amount of space. Cause that would mean I wrote a lot. I wanted it to be a certain amount of pages and I wanted it to be a certain amount of space. Uh, I think my goal was, I don't even remember back then it was like 155 kilobytes or something. So mm-hmm. I'd always want to write a big story. So for me, it wasn't about how much I could write on a page. It was how much I could write, um, how well it was taken, and how many spelling <clears throat> mistakes I, I would make. <laughs> so I gave the first story to my grandmother, and she's like, there's more, right? I'm like, no, I only wrote one story. She's like, you really have something special. You should write more. And um, I was like, okay. So um, in that time of my life i i left high school uh it was a rough time in my life uh and um before i went to college i spent a year at home that entire year is where all of those stories actually came from and uh i just never stopped and my goal was just it wasn't really page by page it wasn't uh specific scene by scene it was i want to write the best story i can and even if there was one part in the story where my grandmother or anyone who was reading my work because uh, it became like a family story that everybody had to read. Um, if anybody questioned any moment in the book, I would go back and I'd rewrite the whole moment again. I, I literally years later went back. Uh, I was with my ex-girlfriend and I, re- I read through every single story again. And I, there were moments I didn't like. As a writer, you're never happy with your work. You know, you always go back and there's something that you want to add or something you want to edit or change. And um, I would sit there for hours and just, I wanted it to be the best story it could be always. So I would sit there and I'd edit it. So it was really the story in whole, the message it gave, uh, the feeling it would give a reader after reading it. That was the most important thing for me. And it's, it's funny because when we started turning it into a comic script, it, it's all the, like you would take three pages of his script and I'm like, dude, we can't fit this all in an issue. <laughs> we, we have to work, rework this a little bit and kind of stretch it out. 20 pages of script, that's why. Yeah, yeah so, so yeah, it, it was an interesting process, but we worked through it. So it's, is it almost like, uh, Chris, what you created is sort of like uh, like, like, a, like a story Bible, like the, the world at large, and then you guys are you guys are pulling out like the whittling it down and, and pulling out like the finer points to, to, to show on, on the panels of each page. It's amazing you say that because that's exactly what Brant calls it is mm. the outline Bible. So okay. my original stories are the outline and the, the Bible of what we're doing. And then we're taking that and remaking the stories through that. And uh, through the, um, through the outline I created through all of my other stories. Yeah. 
Very cool. And uh, so you said earlier that you do a little bit of YouTube. Um, and I know like a, a big aspect of uh, Kickstarters is, is the video. Uh, I'm just guessing here, were you the, were the one responsible for, for, for video uh, here on this campaign? Uh, Brent and I both work on YouTube, so we kind of do it together. I mean, Brent and I have our own show called the Brent, the Chris and Brand Show. Uh -huh. so, uh, so we work together. I actually, was, I don't know if I dragged Brent back to YouTube, but um, when we started our group uh, comic review site, which at the time was called Dark Avenger Inc., I, I asked Brent to join our group, and Brent joined, and, and we've done videos together ever since. We've done podcasts mm -hmm. together ever since. We've been a dream team in multiple aspects, and that's why going into this book, I couldn't think of anyone better and or anyone in at all that I would want to go co-write a comic book with. Uh, but I've spent years on YouTube. I built an audience. As a matter of fact, I have a series on my other channel, my first channel, Brooklyn Boys 13, and it's called Epic Story. And that was this script in a different universe without wow. special effects because Lord knows we couldn't afford <clears throat> special <laughs> effects. So... Uh, it's its own little universe. It's its own little story that I made. But, um, but yeah, a lot of my, my creativity, um, I love using uh, on YouTube to create videos to generate an audience. And a lot of people who liked Epic Story actually came and wanted to see where it all came from, where the story that, it, you know, the original story comes from, the concept came from. Okay, that's cool. Uh, and so how did you guys meet? So that, yeah, that's an interesting story. I, <laughs> Lisa, uh, my fiance, she had been trying to get me to watch Chris on YouTube for okay. a while. And uh, I, I was very hesitant. I <laughs> don't know why. But I was a comic we, reviewer at the time. Yeah, yeah, Chris was a comic reviewer. He did a weekly uh, comic review show. And I was doing a podcast and working for a comic news website. And okay. she was, she was like, she was a fan of both. She had found me through um, my podcast and we actually started working together on a webcomic. And then she was watching Chris and she, so she finally convinced me to watch and I jumped in the comments on one of his shows and we just started talking back and forth. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, we just connected. Chris uh, became a fan of my podcast. I became a fan of his show. And eventually, like Chris said, he asked me to come on the, the YouTube show that he was doing and I came on and that was history. We, we kind of been doing stuff ever since. And so how long into that sort of uh, that, that online friendship did uh, Chris bring up the fact that he, that he had this, this story uh, that he was, you know, kind of working on all these years? Oh, I think that was almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I supported, I love that brand. When Brand said he was opening a um, comic um, company, I was so happy. First of all, I was so happy because I, I love his um, wannabes book. And, I, and I, I love his writing. So I was like, this is an awesome time for him because I'm going to be, he's going to start writing books again. And um, I'll let Brand go from there. Yeah, I, I think even before that, I had, I had actually watched Epic Story. And so I, I was familiar with that world. And Chris sent me his scripts and stuff at that point just to kind of read over, not, not for any, uh, any idea to actually do a comic. He just wanted to share them with me. And so I read them over and then, when I did decide to, to start Last Summer Press, that's when he was like, hey, you know, I got this project, you know, you, you read it before. And I, that's when we started talking about the actual book, but it was very early on, I think uh, maybe mid 2015. Yeah. Very. 
And uh, Chris, I know that this is a pretty epic story that you have, but uh, is there anything else that uh, you have that's uh, either in early stages or an idea that you're sort of uh, trying to iron out? I, um, when I was writing Celestial Falcon, I um, took breaks in between. So I do have other writing projects that I wrote in the past. Um, there are a couple of projects I'm, I'm working on, a couple of ideas I'm outlining. Uh, nothing that I think we'll see in 2019 or 2020, maybe maybe late 2020, but no promises. I do have other projects though outside of Celestial that I I'm working on. I have a lot. I I've touched every single type of genre in writing, mm -hmm. and I definitely. I mean, Celestial Falcon is the heart and soul of my writing. I mean, it it's my it's the world to me, and it's the most important thing for myself. Uh, in my mind now, it's the most important thing for Last Ember Press, uh, Shooting Star Universe. Uh, so that's where my main focus is. But um, there are other projects I'd love to try out, um, other stories I'd love to tell down the road at some point. And this is such a cool title. How did, how did you come up with the name? <laughs> um, Brant. <laughs> Brant, actually, I, my original, I don't know. It, can I say the original title of the story, Brand? Would that be you're cool with me mentioning it? Yeah, because I honestly don't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> when I wrote this story originally, I called it The Protector of Earth. That was the oh, yeah. original yeah. Uh, title for it. And um, looking back now, especially with the title that we gave it, um, it was a great – for me as a, as a kid, I thought that was just great because it's The Protector of Earth. So you, you know what you're reading. It's about a, a character who is the protector of Earth. But I, I like when Brant mentioned, why don't we go with Celestial Falcon instead? And then we can maybe underline it like the protector of Earth. Maybe the first arc, you know, trade could be called. I don't know. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying mm -hmm. it would be. Um, I, I just like uh, immediately it just it stood out for me. I said as a reader, I would want to read that because uh, protector of Earth was very general. Celestial Falcon just especially when Brant did the, the logo because Brant also made the logo, the amazing logo. Um, I was like, that's going to pop for so many people. I, I, there's no way that you can do better than Celestial Falcon. Yeah. The, the character's name originally was going to be Chris Falcon. And that's, that's kind of where Falcon comes from. And uh, Celestial, we were trying to figure out a word that kind of embodied what the project was. And we, we've kind of danced around it a bit, but there is a supernatural element to this book. Okay. And so I was thinking in the terms of heavenly and that kind of thing. And then I came across the term celestial and I was like, celestial, celestial Falcon. I, that kind of works. And that's, that's kind of where it came from. We, I wanted to keep the initial CF and that's for yeah. something down the road. Um, but there, there's, there's something down the road for that. But yeah, Chris Falcon was originally a, a wrestling name I created for myself and I just embodied <laughs> it into the superhero. I was like, you know, what, let's just call it superhero. I always, in my mind, I always wanted to change it. I just never could come up with a good first name for it. So I just let the stories go. There are a few character names that I just put there for the moment and then later on was going to figure. And Brant, like I said, Brant came in and immediately Celestial Falcon. I'm like, oh, my God, I love that. Why didn't I think of that? And, <laughs> and, and it brought in Sammy. I'm like, oh, my God, why didn't I think of this character? And, and then all these other cool ideas that are like, why? That's the beauty of co-writing with Brant is, and especially because we've worked together on so many projects, he sees things that sometimes I won't and vice versa. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'll see things that he doesn't. Uh, one of the moments in the book where um, 
I think that uh, we can't take credit for it. That, that more goes to Lisa on uh, Lisa Moore for, the, for that the moment. The cereal. Yeah. I, when I wrote my book uh, originally, it was, I, I like to play with the sarcastic. So I guess you get that Spider-Man feel there where he's more of a sarcastic when he's, you know, um, around, you know, when he's stressed out or what character. And then I changed it to a little bit serious with a little joking, but Lisa comes in and she gave this one part in the book and I'm like, I don't know. And then like you see it on paper and it's like, wow, that's hilarious. I love it. So it's more of a, it, it's, she, they brought the comedy in a little bit more, which is something that, again, I felt was missing from um, certain parts in the book. So uh, it's just, it's amazing to have people that, you know, when you have your story and you're, and you start co-writing with somebody, the, your first worry, I think anybody is that, oh God, you know, this company is going to want me to change this they're, or they're going to want me to change that or the, the other thing. Instead, they just embraced my idea and just enhanced it tenfold. And if ever there was a moment where I was uncomfortable with the change, either they try to explain it out to a point where it was like, okay, this makes sense. Or sometimes they would like understand my point of view and leave it in for whatever reason I asked for it to be left in. Right. Very cool. And so um, I just saw the update before we, uh, before we uh, started recording, you guys have hit 50 backers and I believe at about 70% funded, right? Uh, if, if I remember that correctly. Yeah. Yeah. We, we just hit that today. So we're very excited about that. And uh, at the time of this recording, how many days left do you guys have? We have 18 days left to go. It ends on uh, November 15th at midnight. So okay. that's a, that's a Friday. So uh, still some time, still, still plenty of time to go check it out. Awesome. Awesome. Um, no, I'm, I'm very excited uh, to, to see it. Uh, I mean, the, the thing that when I saw the Kickstarter page that uh, drew me in was, was the art, but now talking to you guys here, it's, it's now it's the combination of that, that, that striking art and now hearing the, the story behind it. It's a, it's a, it sounds like a really great project. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. So uh, Chris, why don't you uh, let everybody know where they can find you online so that they can stay up to date with all of your stuff and, uh, and uh, make sure that uh, they know what's going on with this uh, Kickstarter and, and, and other stuff. Absolutely. Um, well, the place where you can find all my stuff, shootingstaruniverse.com. That's where all of my YouTube, all of my social media kind of um, meets. I created that website this year, but Dark Avenger C86 on YouTube, uh, Chris DeBoudwell, um on YouTube. Both channels are my uh, are, are work. One is comic book related. One is everything else. Mm -hmm. um, social media all across the board is Dark Avenger C86. But again, shootingstaruniverse.com is where you'll find everything from me. Uh, and I'm trying to think if there, and um, I think Brant will, will build on this a little bit, but you can also find Brant and myself on uh, comicfrontline.com, Comic Frontline on YouTube, which that's where we talk comic books with a group of our amazing friends that we consider family. Awesome. Okay. And Brent, how about you? Can you drop some, uh, some links to, to your social media? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first with uh, Chris mentioned Comic Frontline, that is our group. Uh, channel and we do a live show every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern on uh, youtube.com slash comic frontline talking comics doing top five and all that awesome. uh, yeah as for me at Brant Fowler across social media and on YouTube and also at Last Ember Press across social media and lastemberpress.com for even more from us 
Very cool. And I'm going to have links to all of that in the show notes to, to this episode. Uh, is there anything, any sort of last uh, thing that you guys want to bring up? Any last aspects of the comic you want to touch on before we, we close up? Chris? Um, one thing I, I want to say with Celestial Falcon, especially um, for anyone who uh, thinks this is going to be just another one of your regular superhero comics, uh, I can promise you uh, this is not your typical superhero versus supervillain, saves the day, saves the city, and then we move on to the next supervillain and, you know, the next uh, crisis in the wherever their little world is. This is a story that's going to create a universe. And just like in the real world, there's not just one isolated incident going on at a time. There are multiple. There are multiple uh, aspects to the world. There's a huge world being built around this story. And like I said, there it's not your typical superhero story. There is a lot more. And I, as readers, you will see this. By the end of this first arc, you will understand what I mean when I say this is not your typical superhero versus supervillain story. Very cool. And uh, Brent, any, any, last, uh, any last thoughts here? Yeah, um, I would just add to that, that uh, like I said, this, this story has all these elements of, of action, adventure, and drama, and comedy, and, and also has that supernatural twist that's going on. And in this particular uh, deluxe edition that we're kickstarting, it actually has a backup story, uh, a new four-page backup story that's never been uh, published before that kind of um, expands on each one of the characters and, and gives you a peek into their lives and, and gets you to know each one of these characters a little bit more. And that's something that we're going to build upon uh, going forward as well. Very cool. Uh, well, I want to thank you guys for for being on. This was a this was an interesting uh, podcast. I think this might be the first time that uh, we've done an interview with with co writers. So we got oh, a nice. bit of a we got a little bit of an aspect on on how it is to to work with a co writer. So I think that'll be interesting for anybody turn, uh, tuning in to to hear about this. They're going to get a little bit of uh, you know behind the scenes on what it might be like to to work with a co writer. Awesome. Um, so, um, like I said, I'm going to have links to uh, the Kickstarter and your social media in the show notes. Um, I'm just going to take a chance or take a moment to to plug a couple of other um, things. Uh, I'm running a Kickstarter for my comic, uh, The Reset, um, and that's got about nine days left. And I want to uh, do a plug for Night of the Mullets. Um, that's by. Uh, uh, Bo's door and I, I my apologies I, I I'm sure I butchered that name but he's uh, he's in the comics launch group with uh, Brant and myself so I'm gonna have links to that in the in the show notes if anybody wants to give us a follow we're on Twitter at construct com pod we are on Instagram at constructing comics pod uh, Facebook forward slash constructing comics we have a youtube channel under the same name of constructing comics where we do some uh more visually heavy uh episodes and creator spotlights um i'd like to thank everybody for joining us uh, make sure you go out and check out this this kickstarter for celestial falcon go out there and uh make some comics and we'll be back uh, very soon with a, another episode